When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Live Casino, and I am Matt Williamson coming back for part two, basically, of a more deeper dive in a Steelers tough loss in Miami. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sporting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets as our self-service kiosks or with a sportsbook representative, then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh. Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. First half of the episode, we're going to do stock up, stock down. Here's my stock up, guys. Steelers defensive coaching staff. I mean varying coverages um, the last two weeks in particular noticed that you know they at the beginning of the game as everyone does against Miami they were terrified of getting hit over the top had their safeties really deep kept creeping the safeties closer to the line of scrimmage not to imply it there by the line of scrimmage but it took away space in the middle of the field where Tua was just ripping them up um, this goes to coaching, but it also reflects really well on the players. Communication, um, passing off Hill and Waddle was really well done. I mean, to sit there and say, I'm going to get in a hip-to-hip race with Hill or Waddle is dumb. You know, I mean, you can play man coverage, but if it gets to a foot race, you're going to lose. So instead of trying to run with these guys, and this is easier said than done, they passed them off really well. You know, they would, Bush would carry them for a while, push gives them to Edmonds, who gives them to a corner or Millette or whomever. But all of that back seven, that stuff's hard to do at a very high pace. And they got better and better at it as the game went on. I thought that was exceptional. Um, tackling. Second straight week is AA plus. I mean, especially when you look at the tackling around the league right now, it's not so great. Um, but boy, they've tackled really well. They limit the big play. Just fundamental things like that really reflect well on the players' intelligence, intensity, and especially the coaching staff. Um, where was I? I had something else on that. Okay, now that's basically it though for that group. But it leads me to the safeties. Um, Edmonds dropped an interception. We all saw that. But a very, very solid game. Other than that, again, he's being lauded now as a a big-time communicator. Um, Seen very few, you know, um, bad plays from him. You don't see huge highlights either, but that's okay, especially considering the safety he plays with, Minka. Um, And people forget, you know, that everyone gives the Steelers a hard time for overdrafting him, which he probably was. He was. But go look at his combine numbers, too. This guy can run. I mean, there's a couple plays where you see his speed and he's playing faster. 
encouraging. He keeps getting better. Minka might have been the best player on either team. I, I mean, he was phenomenal against his former team. There were some splash plays, but again, not getting beat over the top really reflects well for Minka. Variety of things asked of him. He was a superstar in this game. I didn't realize how well Cam Sutton played until after. Real strong game. I mean, again, not a lot of splash. He dropped interception too. I know that. If he plays like that every week, they'll be just fine. Um, Bush and Jack. Uh, Jack shows up more and more. He's their best linebacker since Shazier. Bush keeps playing well. You know, again, not a liability. He was part of that passing guys off. He's getting a much, much better feel for zone coverage. He's making fewer mental errors, playing fast as well. Collectively, the defense is playing pretty fast. Arthur Millette kind of gets mixed grades for me. Near the line of scrimmage, had a very nice game. He's disruptive. He makes plays in the backfield. Just the further he gets away from the line of scrimmage, the worse it gets. So, But he is what he is. You know, I'm going to get into some corner snap counts in the second half, too, which I found interesting. Some other stock up guys. I'm going to go with Najee. Um, I think most of you would agree he's starting to look healthier. Um, better individual runs, a little more spry. I'm not sure he still trusts things and that he can be a little more indecisive than you'd like. But in terms of his movement, I think is getting better. Have to say Pickens. I mean, he's a star in the making. There probably was more balls that should have went his way that's on Pickett. But Pickens is ridiculous. His touchdown was ridiculous. I mean, he's now the leading receiver in terms of yardage on the team. But three other guys have had more targets and catches than him. Uh, one of those is Claypool, who is stringing together a nice run here of quality play. Maybe he's never going to be the next, you know, Hall of Fame type guy. Or, you know, maybe we were a little too high on him after his rookie year. But he has played quite well. He is a more than serviceable number three receiver who would be a two for a lot of teams. A lot of things I said about Pickens is true about Fryermuth too. Like, those two are going to go to a lot of Pro Bowls. And if you think about that in the context of Pickens or Pickett's career, everybody does that and I'm terrible about it. Having a Pro Bowl tight end and number one receiver, Pickens, I very feel very strongly that I'm not overshooting that at all. And every time he's out there, he's targeted a lot and he comes through. I didn't notice the first time around how well Dotson played, which is great because I've been really hard on him the last couple weeks. It's just one game, but his protection was excellent in this game. Really solid outing. Um, I don't want to say spectacular, but it was a high level of play by Dotson at left guard. Really something to be excited about. This is almost getting boring, kind of like talking about Fryermuth and some of these other dudes. But James Daniels at right guard is just a flat out good right guard. I mean, he's the eighth best right guard in the league, something like that, you know, at a young age and keeps getting better and reliable. That's great. I'm going to give the couple Dolphins some credit, too. Two of my favorite young Dolphins, Holland, who I warned you about, and Phillips, both of whom were high picks last year. They're really good young players that had great games and wish they were Steelers. You know, like uh, these are easy to root for young players that I loved coming out of school, love them even more now. They're showing up big for the Dolphins. 
Uh, also, you know, we kind of talked about the Armstead factor to Miami's O-line. The whole group held up real well, except for the left guard, Eichenberg. You probably saw a couple of his false starts, and those were fear of Cam. And he should be because he got beat up pretty good by Cam, who probably deserves a, a, th- a stock up as well. Um, but Eichenberg was really their weak link. But the other four were much better than they have been for much of the year. Uh, leads me to some stock down here. Steeler pass rush was worse than I even thought. I mean, I mean, eh, it was as bad as I thought. I mean, it was bad. It wasn't close to being good enough. Um, they can't get Watt back soon enough. What I didn't notice to the extreme was how much Miami feared or valued Highsmith. You know, he was getting the Watt treatment. He was getting doubled. He'd get you know, chipped on the way and then dealt with by Armstead or the right tackle, sometimes tight end help. Like they treated him like he was the sack leader, not not some fluky dude. I think there's a lot to be said for that because nobody studies tape like these coaches preparing for a game. And if they watched his game and thought, we got to do something about that guy, he's a problem. I think that's a really good sign. Um. I've been really hard on Tyson Alulu, and I, again, I don't know if he gets out of the season. To be very honest with you, um, but him and Adams, both both nose tackles, not good in this game. It's not that big a worry. It'd be nice if they were an impact guy. Um, Adams overall to me is a is a keeper, is a depth guy, rotational guy, twelve snaps a game type. Um, but neither is a one right now. Levi Wallace had a tough game, and I wonder about him, especially assuming Spoon comes back soon. This might prove to be not a good signing. I'm just on the fence with him right now. This was not a good game. Um, Miami, obviously, is very familiar with him. They've played against him in division twice a year. They picked on him, had a lot of success. I'm not going to hang on Pickett too long. Uh, the, The two turnovers, not the Claypool one. We're really bad. Um, it's going to be a growing experience. I, I don't know why people would expect much less. But I also think he left some balls out there that should have been thrown. One-on-one versus these corners. He should have let more go, in my opinion. Uh, Harvin, the punter, um, there's no consistency. You know, I mean, one bad punt, and his first one was terrible, is enough to kind of screw things up. I mean... I think I've told you guys on Wednesdays and Thursdays, you know, starting field position, Steelers defense is like in the bottom of the league and most difficult starting field position. Things like this don't help. Um, so something they need every, they got to win the margins, you know, I and mean, they're not going they're not scoring a lot of points. You can't have any bad punts. So, so there you have it. I mean, he did have some fair catches that he boomed, but they weren't necessarily far, but that's fine. They, they probably were asking them to do that. Um, Steelers offensive tackles didn't have their best day more in particular. Phillips was good, really good against him. Not a great day for the tackles. My opinion on those guys aren't changing dramatically or anything like that, but it was not their best film. That's for sure. Uh, same is true for Zach Gentry. He was out there for 34 snaps, about half the game really didn't make much of an impact. His blocking wasn't up to his usual. So that's a bit of a concern, but is what he is. Um, maybe Hayward has five more snaps and Gentry has five less, something like that. I mean, possible. They're very different styles and they couldn't look any different, obviously. 
And this brings me back to some of the picket stuff about attacking the corners. The the announcers were raving about Zaven Howard and boy, he's back. He's playing great. He's one of the best corners in the league. Like he used to be. I didn't see it. They just didn't go his way. I mean, they showed some highlights of him locking people down, but there were 60 other plays. They didn't show. Um, I thought all of Miami's corners were subpar. Uh, Howard was the best of the bunch as you would expect, but Noah, Igbenogamy, that's the first time I've said his name right, I think, ever, is really a liability. He was a former first-round pick that they have no faith in whatsoever. I can't believe the Steelers didn't attack him more, and I'm going to blame Pickett, not Canada, for that because there were plays there to attack him, and they didn't. So there you have it. Uh, we'll be back. i got some more nuggets here, just a couple more things. Some of them are overlaps of what I just talked about, but we'll be back in a moment. found this interesting. You mentioned how Wallace is struggling at the corner. Well, the top four corners in this game were Wallace, Pierre, Millette, and Sutton. Millette, as you know, is only a slot, and he's kind of not like the others. Sutton can do both. He was dinged up much of the week, though. Um, I can't remember him getting hurt in this game. But it's just an alarm bell to me. Here's the snap counts for those four corners. Wallace played 61 snaps, which isn't unusual. I mean, those starting outside corners play nearly every snap. Pierre played 32, which made me wonder, were they really happy with him against Tampa? Are they giving him a second shot? Has he earned more snaps? So I, I took that as a positive. Millette played 31, which is his usual you know, he's strictly a slot, and on third and eight, I don't really want him as a slot. I want him on first and ten. But Sutton only played 31, and, and I need to ask around a little bit. Was was there more injury stuff there than I knew? Um, or that was Pierre cutting into Sutton's snaps? Because, again, I thought Sutton played better than I thought, but less than I thought. Um, Here's some more nuggets I've dug up, too. I, I told you guys yesterday about the first down runs. Well, I did the math and figured it out. There were 20 first down plays until the last two drives. I didn't count those because they were just pass, 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 pass. You know, I mean, it was hurry up. So take the the, the last two drives out. There were 20 first down plays, 13 runs. I mean, that needs to be eight, seven, you know, and along those lines, didn't take enough shots. I mean, I'm calling out Pickett for that a little bit in this game against those corners. I also think you need to dial more up as the offensive play caller. They need to create explosives no matter what. I mean, they need to take more shots. So, brutal. Um, Pickett, we saw how well Tua threw on the inside between the numbers, especially early in the game. But Pickett completed 10 of 12 between the numbers last night. And I think that's an area he's going to be really good at. And we have not seen nearly enough of it during the Canada era, especially last year. 
but he didn't create much yardage on those 10. I mean, there weren't big plays, but there was efficiency in the middle of the field. So a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks, especially young ones are gun shy or old ones last year are gun shy about throwing in the middle of the field with all those bodies and a lot of bad things happen, but he was very efficient in the middle of the field. So I like that. Um, what else we have here? Yeah. Miami had five plays of 20 or more yards. Uh, not okay. I mean, a lot of those were early, of course, but not okay. This doesn't surprise me, and it also contributes to why the pass rush was so lackluster. Very little blitz from the Steelers. The Steelers have been the high end this year about blitz, but they've also been very good changing things up week to week, which goes back to the very first thing I said in the podcast about the defensive coaching staff. They're showing versatility. Uh, very little blitz in this game. And I think that's just fear of Hill and Waddle. And, um, you know, and as a result, you didn't get as much pressure. So that makes it a little better. You know, <laughs> that you would still think you could get home with four more regularly, but they did not blitz much. Um, I mentioned that start, average starting field position. So, the offense is at the bottom of the league and the defense is at the bottom of the league in, in average starting field position. And they complement one another, but I blame the offense more. This one was brutal too. I mean, their average drive Steelers last night, or I'm recording this on Monday, uh, average starting drive was at their own 22. So if Miami would have blasted it in the end zone and get in the 25, that'd been better than their average. And five of their 11 possessions that really mattered began at their own 18 or worse. You know, it's just another one of these little things of losing games in the margins. You know, I mean, they don't have any room for error. They need to, they can't be having long drives from their 18 yard line. Again, one hit on Tua that goes I'm back with the blitz. We talked about that as well, but it is noteworthy with this defense too, that they've allowed 18, they've allowed 34 points over the last two weeks to the Bucks and the Dolphins. Probably two playoff teams. Um, two, I know Tampa doesn't look good at the moment, but still Brady and Tua and Waddle and Evans and Godwin and Tyreek, you know. You have 34 points of those two games. I mean, that's just a fact. Last thing, and I think some of this is, or much of it is goes back to Najee looking spryer, healthier, he still isn't producing great, but it's slowly getting better. As I've been telling you, for much of the year, his snap counts with Warren is two to one in Harris's favor. And I'm sure a lot of you are like, it should be 50-50 or Warren should be the starter. He looks like he shot out of a cannon. I understand there's an argument for that. I'm not going to super fight you on it. They're never going to do that. Warren Harris is a second-year guy, first-round pick, foundational player, leader. They're going to lean on him as much as they can. And I think they did more in this game. And here's the snap counts. It was 59 for Harris versus 16 for Warren. So is that what they want? Is that them saying, we're feeling better about Najee? He's feeling better about things. Maybe that's a good sign of things to come. I'm sure some of you are saying, well, that stinks. I want more Warren. I get that too. <laughs> so I don't feel super strong one way or another, but we know how they handle running backs in the Tomlin era. And Najee is going to be their guy, like it or not. And he is getting better. I do believe that. Um, 
that's a wrap, folks. Uh, we will get back at it tomorrow, digging into the Eagles. And a uh, little spoiler alert, they're good. <laughs>